0: Hello, and welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast. I'm Jason Soroten and today we are talking to Mary Winter, one of our uh, our senior producer. Mary, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, joining us. Um, this is going to be a little interview, so if somebody's checking out your bio page, they can get to know the real you. So let's start nice and easy, and just what do you do at ECG Productions? Everything.
1: No, (laughs) that's what everybody says. I know, but that's this time. I mean it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. Literally, I started doing just little tasks when I first started and doing literally anything that needed to be done. That was my job. And now I'm still kind of doing that way, but a little bit more specific. I run all of the pre-production, so I make sure everybody's you know doing their stuff, which obviously isn't a very hard job because everybody keeps on top of their stuff. So that's a wonderful thing. But I also manage all of the casting and and anything in pre-production. And know? anything involving
0: our producer team, Mary's in charge of. And now, because I got so backlogged, Mary's also helping lead the charge on our new website, which we've been in development on for oh, two years now. Oh, and we should yes. note that uh, for prosperity's sake, today is April 13th, 2020. Yes. And we are in quarantine With the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I think that's always kind of important to at least tell people when you're recording it, because it's like, things are just different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Our days are all melding together. They're not, yeah, it's not typical.
0: Yeah. And and we met Mary through Jen, um, Mm -hmm. our lead colorist, and Jen... um, I was looking for a personal assistant. She said, my friend Mary is the best. And Mary started as a personal assistant. And then we quickly were like, oh, shit. She is really good at this, a natural-born producer. So she kind of worked her way up really quickly and now runs an awesome team of producers doing really great work. Um, Let's go back to your
1: childhood, Mary. Where were you born? I was born in Queens. Um, Represent? Yeah. Represent. I'm from Queens. I I grew up in Astoria. No kidding. I
0: I thought I remember Queens, but I know Astoria. I've actually, yeah, hidden.
1: it was a lot different when I was there. <laughs> what was it? like? It was a lot different. Uh, when I growing up, I I kind of describe it like it felt like a small town. When people describe small towns where everybody knew everybody, and you know, you could get in trouble by somebody else's mom, that's how my block was. Um, we all played <laughs> in like. Literally, like I knew Mrs. Redman would get mad at me if I was doing something specific, and she would definitely tell my mom. Um, there's, yeah, we definitely had that kind of hometown feel, which I think Astoria isn't quite there anymore. But I mean, we'll we'll see how that goes. It was a, it was a little less ritzy than it is now, for sure.
0: Oh yeah, I mean everything in there just sprawls out. Gets to be ridiculous cost. Uh, What was your uh, most impactful childhood memory? Something that sticks
1: with you? Something that sticks with me as a child. I was on a movie as a kid. I wanted to be an actor. I have like my book about me by Dr. Seuss. I made one as a kid and I circled like everything in the What You Want to Be as an Adult book, literally like every job except maybe police officer and a couple other things. But so I wanted to do everything and I wanted to be an actor for a long time. And my mom was trying to get me out of acting. She was like, this is not a very stable career. You don't want to be in entertainment. So I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> um, and so she was like, fine, we'll do some auditions. There's no way you're going to get hired. We don't, have a, you know, we don't have an agent. We don't have anything. And I got into this independent film. And me and my younger brother... Were there. My mom only took us because she figured all the kids in the block would show up to this, you know, casting call yeah. and that we probably wouldn't get in. And yeah. we were like the only kids there. <laughs> <laughs> so you got so the job. we absolutely got the job. And my little brother was there. The director's telling us to just watch this ball bounce down the street with only our eyes. I think they must've been trying to get like a close up of just our eyes following it. Yeah. And my little brother's next to me just bouncing around, not listening, you know, being basically the worst kid on set. Yeah. And I'm trying, you know, I'm sitting there and my mom still to this day tells me I was sitting there and I told him through some, through like gritted teeth and a smile that he was ruining my career. <laughs> and I think I was probably like six. <laughs> Maybe you're ruining my career. That's yes. Amazing. I'm very upset about it. So but I've taken things very seriously since, since that age.
0: I hey, th- that's what we like. Guys <laughs> take yeah. shit seriously no matter how menial it is cuz that's that's where the the details come in. Um Absolutely. What's the most dangerous thing you've ever done?
1: I don't know. Um I mean, now I could tell you like I touched a doorknob on my way out of the house the other day, and that was really dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and then you touched your nose. Yeah. I, I, oh, I probably did touch my nose right after. I should go wash. Oh I definitely need to decontaminate. Constantly. I, was I getting, do too. I I'm didn't so think it was I a thing. I already had
0: the coronavirus because if not, like I would totally get it because I can't keep my hands off my face.
1: Yes. Exactly. I definitely got looks. I we had a meeting at the CDC a while back, and I must have been messing with my face or something because the the woman next to me was looking at me like. Like I was an alien and I realized what I was doing and I was like, oh, they're real serious about that. And this is, I mean, years ago, but it was, it was really funny to see.
0: Why hasn't anybody invented like a saran wrap, like face cover or something? Like, it yeah. just seems, or you dip just your makeup. face in this, like, yeah. in like that mask material and it yeah. covers your face and then it peels off. I can't look good. Oh, who cares about looking good?
1: trying to stay alive, (laughs) motherfucker. We live in the U.S. People care about looking good. I
0: know. Like Donald (laughs) Trump, he really wants to make sure he's not seen in a mask.
1: Absolutely. Out of all the people, I feel like he
0: needs a mask. Courtney said it's probably because his orange makeup will come off.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, he sees so many people, too. I know.
0: I don't understand. Um, What's the stupidest thing you've ever done? I've done a
1: lot of stupid things. Uh, I try not to think about them now. I'm a parent and I stay at home and I do nothing. So now I forget about all the stupid things I did before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you try to. I think back of them as like fun times.
1: Oh you, man. Well yeah. Oh, they were definitely fun. Bank. <laughs> oh yeah. I I was lighting stuff on fire on a subway platform once. That was pretty dumb.
0: Oh God, yeah.
1: But Why I got I got away with it. Uh, I was a crazy teenager, and I was not very get away I with was very shit. Angry. in New
0: York. You get no.
1: tackled, AK-47s <laughs> yeah. to your head. Oh, for sure. I did get uh, talked to by a police officer, but they left me alone, probably because I had, like, pigtails or something. I was very cutesy when I was in high school. I got away with a lot of stuff, because they would be like, oh, no, a menace. And then they would see me, and they'd be like, oh, just kidding. She's not going to do
0: anything. <laughs> So, what's the smartest thing you've ever done? Not the, not the dumbest, the smartest.
1: The smartest. Um, I did not go to NYU. <laughs> That's okay. the smartest thing I ever did. Um, I I was like being scouted by them in high school and wanted to go so bad. And I did a tour of their facilities, and I remember being like, they weren't going to let me stay in the dorms, which I really wanted because I wanted to get out of the house because I was, you know, crazy seventeen-year-old. And also they were, I mean, they had like all these practice rooms in a basement and I was like, this is going to be my next four years is going to be in a dingy basement with a piano that wasn't even tuned, you know, and I'm going to be paying like $40,000 a year to do that. There's no way. Um, So I went to a state school and that was absolutely the best move.
0: Oh yeah. You're actually the second person who has said not going to a certain school was the best thing that they ever did. Um, Yeah. And I would have never thought that. Um, oh, where, sure. where, so where did you end up going to college?
1: I went up to SUNY Cortland, which is like the opposite of the NYU program that I was looking at. <laughs> um, I went, cause I did, I did musical theater for a long time. I was in performing arts for middle school and in high school, I was in specialized schools, uh, for performance. And then by, by the time I was kind of headed to college, I was like, you know, I could just do Tish, and I could do, you know, all of this performance stuff or I could kind of I'm feeling a little burnt out. I could go to just some, you know, state school that doesn't specialize in this at all. I think there were like 15 people in the program. Um it specializes in a sports program, but it gave me that kind of like all-American feel. Like I was able to go to football games. In my high school we didn't have a football team. Like we didn't we didn't have sports. So <laughs> so when I was able to, you know, be a part of this school environment, it felt a lot different and it kind of felt more like what I was going for. Right. And I'm really glad because that's absolutely not. I mean, obviously, I'm not at Broadway. Um, <laughs> what? That's not. That's yeah. I know. <laughs> that's not the lifestyle I wanted, and I didn't really realize that until the end of college. Unfortunately, I should have realized that earlier. But
0: it's hard. We, you know, you go after your dreams, mm-hmm. and sometimes your dreams turn into nightmares.
1: That's absolutely what happened. Yeah, yep.
0: I mean, that's how. I mean, I thought working at Howard Stern would be a dream, and you know, after 15 months of it, it was a nightmare for me. Yeah, it was just. Yeah,
1: it's just it's, it's a lifestyle. A,
0: yeah, it was. A, it was a the lifestyle. job.
1: I'm sure was great, exactly. but the lifestyle isn't isn't what you need, and that's yep. you know you got to live the lifestyle, so yep. you got to like it. Yeah,
0: um, I had it was a great experience, but damn. Um, so we took people through a little bit of about it, but tell the story of how you ended up at ECG productions and what you did to move up in the ranks. Cause I think that's inspirational to people who, you know, are worried about just jumping in.
1: Yeah. I was working retail. Um, I've done a whole bunch of, of retail jobs, uh, until, until I got kind of the call from you guys. Um, I was bored, uh, living in Binghamton. And I was, you know, my husband's from there. So we were living there for a while and I was working retail with a guitar store. I don't know if I can say them guitar center. And they had a round of layoffs in like middle management, literally the day that I saw Jen's Facebook post that was like, Hey, we have this you know, opportunity coming up. And I was like, well, I'm, of course I'm going to respond to that now. Um, I had literally, I mean, I was, I was in management at the time, but I just, everybody I knew in middle management that was like, yes, you're going to move up. Like that's, you're our next person. We love it. They had all gotten fired. And I was like, well, what did I just do all this work for? (laughs) Now I have to meet a whole new bunch of middle managers to to figure out what to do. (coughs) And it obviously doesn't make you feel very great to have job security if everybody above you is leaving. So I was like, you know, I'm bored already anyway. I might as well try it. And I was like, there's no way they're going to get me anyway. Like, they, they've I'm sure they've got a bunch of people that are way more qualified than I am. I'm working retail at the time, right? I don't, you know, whatever. And Jen's like, okay, cool. And within like, I want to say four hours, she had introduced me. We had talked and you were like, yeah, no, this is cool. We're going to do an interview like tomorrow. And I was like, okay, that was fast, <laughs> but Okay cool, I'm down. Um, so we did a virtual interview. Cause like I said, I was in Binghamton. I was pretty far away. And that was a lot of fun. I remember doing the interview and being like, okay, like I have to make my room look super nice <laughs> and I have to make sure that nothing incriminating is like in my room. <laughs> I want to make sure there's nothing gross in there or anything. And I remember thinking when we got off the call, I was like, oh crap. My brother had gotten me a puppies and guns like calendar and it was right behind me and I didn't notice it. And I was like, oh no, he noticed it. Now he thinks I'm weird. <laughs> like,
0: there's no way I'm going to
1: get this. That yeah, I got exactly.
0: all six editions of that. <laughs> exactly. I was
1: like, there's no way I'm going to get this job now. Um, and then, literally, like, I think it was like midnight or something like that, I got an email that was like, how fast can you get down here? And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, I was like, we wow.
0: needed you so badly at that time. I remember how just excited I was for you to get here.
1: I was so glad to come down, too. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was, and it really did. It turned everything upside down. It was so fun.
0: Yeah. You you guys got down here quick. And I was down in two weeks. Yeah. How did you make the transition, which has now become the path for producers at ECG? You kind of laid the groundwork. Can you kind of take us through like what that process was and how you switched over and became a producer?
1: Um, a lot of the stuff that you're going to do as a personal assistant is very, very similar to what you would do for a producer. or any management in any way too. Because if you're going to be managing someone, whether it's one person or six people or, you know, 20 people, you still have to have that kind of skill set of being able to organize everything and know how to prioritize which tasks get done first. And that definitely helped because obviously, you know, if you needed something that was super important, you know, to happen today, I was like, fine, I will, you know, put everything on the back burner and make sure that that happens so that everything else, you know, Can wait until tomorrow or whatever it is. Um, And knowing when that can happen on projects is really, really important. Um, But also, I mean, I'm frugal. And as an assistant, you always spend time trying to find ways to, you know, make sure that everything you're buying isn't like the most expensive thing. I'm not here trying to gouge you. There were definitely times when I was like, okay, well, you told me to do this task with this, but I think you could do it cheaper like this. Oh yeah. You were great and with, I remember being like, yeah. especially with the home
0: <laughs> services stuff. That's oh, when yeah. I was like. Oh my God. She would be a great producer.
1: Yeah. Especially, I mean, hiring people, especially, cause I was, I'm pretty decent at that oh, yeah. and knowing, and, and knowing like, and negotiating and negotiating. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cause you have to, yep. uh, but, you, but you do kind of have to know what services go for what and how to, how to prioritize in that and, and what to expect. And that's the same with production. I know exactly what a grip is going to cost us and how quickly I can get them and how much time they're going to need. And that's definitely necessary. Like if you told me you needed something done, you know, you needed your whole roof done. I wouldn't be like, cool, I'll get that for you tomorrow and it'll all be done. Chances are, that's going to take a little bit. Um, and it's probably not going to be $5. And I can tell you that up front, you know?
0: <laughs> for real. So, um, and, and, then, and then you just kind of started taking on small projects?
1: yeah yeah I mean, you guys are always on set, so it's it's definitely helpful to be an assistant to somebody who is on set in any capacity. but I also i mean, I kind of got a cool view, like a a closer view than I think most just employees would see because my head wasn't in something else. My head wasn't in a type of work. My work was whatever it was that was helping you, right. Yeah. so I saw the stuff that was a taking you guys longer or making it frustrating for you to do something. So I I had a view of that, but I also got to see, I mean, just everything behind the scenes. I got to see the post-process. I got to see the pre-process. I got to see what happened in production. I got to see all of the stuff that went wrong on productions that weren't mine. So that when I did have a production of my own, I could then avoid that. Yeah, absolutely. Which is super helpful. Yeah.
0: So tell me about um, what you like most about ECG
1: about ECG. I like that literally nothing in, in my day is the same every single day. Uh, I get to do literally all types of projects. I can do something completely crazy. One day I will get an email that will just be like, I need to set someone on fire. And that's an email I get, you know, <laughs>
0: like you, you've actually gotten that email.
1: <laughs> yes. From you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my husband was over my shoulder reading that email. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of job do you have <laughs> um, but but then i get to go and research that and look up how much is it going to be you know right. who do i get um and it's a lot of fun it but literally fun. it's never the same if i'm doing i mean i could go for a month where i'm doing a ton of animation projects and i'm just managing those and then you know the next month i'm doing nothing but being on set at least once a week it's it gets completely changed. I'm never bored.
0: Yep. It's it's very hard to get bored. The days fly by so quickly. Um, oh, yeah. What do you think, you know, in terms, we always talk about the ECG experience, and you've done a lot of writing about this in your mm-hmm. uh, producer's Bible, but how, how do you explain the ECG experience, as not only as it relates to clients, but to just people in general who we're working with?
1: I think... We benefit because a lot of the people that that we work with and a lot of the people on our team have done retail, have done, you know, hospitality and all that. We are all very passionate about that. We want everybody to feel really comfortable when they're around us. Um, And that just makes a huge difference for the overall experience because I could absolutely just be like, hi, you need A, B, and C, and then be done with it. You know, okay, fine. I will give you A, B, and C. There's, there's no personality to that, but if I can really connect with a client and I can really talk to them and get to the, to what they really are looking for and what they really love about whatever it is they're bringing us, then that allows us to get creative with what we're doing and, and bring them a better product. Because if I know how to get their personality out, I mean, that's, that's key. Otherwise a lot of stuff will come out bland and just relationship
0: building is critical yeah you keep making everybody feel that they are the only client that you have You're oh, yeah. trying to make sure that they're getting the best service and you know, service isn't dead. it's so alive at ECG productions for sure,
1: oh yeah. and you can take those skills. I mean those are such important skills in anything you do. but I think that's what surprises most people yeah is that we really and we take such pride in our work that if something, isn't up to par or if something goes wrong or if there's anything where the client's just like, no, I just really didn't like that. We're going to feel that. Like we take that personally. We're like, Oh, they didn't like this. Why not? Let's fix it. Like we need, we need to make this work. Um, It's never like, Oh, whatever. Fine. They don't like this. so I like, no, no, no. How can we, how can we get it to be the best project it can be?
0: Right. Yep. Exactly.
1: In in whatever you know, whatever silo it is, because every project has its restrictions. Obviously.
0: Yeah. Um, totally.
1: I can't take you to the moon for five hundred dollars. I would like to. I just can't. I can probably make it look like I took you to the moon, but I cannot thousand. take you there. At least, yeah. Um, but your, that's a much closer budget. Yeah.
0: Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve?
1: Ah. <laughs> uh, My biggest pet peeve is being interrupted and it happens all the time. (laughs) Oh my God. Being 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 interrupted is such a big one. No, it's, it's fine. It's not being interrupted in like how I'm speaking. It's being interrupted when I'm really whatever task I'm doing Ah. and then coming out of it because I, I read really slowly. My eyes don't track very well. So if I, especially if I'm reading something, if I get distracted, I'm like, that's whatever five minutes that I've been spending reading is gone. I have right, no have comprehension it, right? <laughs> now. Yeah. I have to reread everything. That's the same. Um, yeah. And my mind goes like a million miles per second. So if you interrupt that train of thought, it's gone. <laughs> I have to spend so much time to get it
0: back. Yep. I, I, I would agree with that. I've never thought about it that way. But my, I mean, interrupt, interruptions do halt progress. It's why doors are so important. Open office, office spaces, in my opinion, are a joke because it's oh, so sure. distracting.
1: Uh, it you is have to, yeah. you have
0: to have like a you have to be a meditator, like a monk to be able to communicate and work, work <laughs> in those environments. What's your biggest oh, yeah. fear?
1: <sighs> My biggest fear is always just not being successful in whatever it is that I want to do. Um, that's like that keeps me going though. I yeah. feel like people always have this negative view of fear, like, oh, I'm afraid of you know whatever it is. And I'm just like, no, but that's that keeps me motivated. I'm afraid of not succeeding, so I will succeed because I'm so afraid of not succeeding that I'm going to put that effort. I'm going to put that 10% more than I would have because I'm not sitting on my laurels just thinking about it. I'm I'm making sure it's going to happen. It needs to be a priority for me.
0: Yep. That so true, so true. Uh, fear yeah. is fuel. Oh, for sure. If you use yeah. it right. Right? You can't oh, yeah. let it you can't let it control you. You need to control it. And just oh, yeah. be fearless. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there was always those Calvin and Hobbes stickers, the no fear, were <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Calvin's being, but yeah, but it's like that, that, that I think is more important today than ever to be mm-hmm. in a situation of like you have to be fearless you can't blame your success or failure on um a disease or anything mm-hmm. like that you need to go out and try to figure out what your next move is and how yes. you're going to you know get ahead because there's winners okay. in every bad situation mm-hmm. or you're going to make the strides to do your best and will you always succeed no but if you don't get out there and do it the hardest part is starting you just got to get moving
1: yeah absolutely um, and if as if yes. you're doing something, something will happen. Yes. Always. You just have to keep doing something.
0: Yes. If you're just sitting around watching Netflix right now and being sad about how bored you are, which I don't understand how anybody- Oh, I, I feel it. Do it ever. for
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't watch TV. I've, I have to be doing something. Like you say like, oh, if you're just watching Netflix, I'm like, who's just watching Netflix? I'm watching Netflix taking notes. You know? Yeah, like, I
0: mean, right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's just- An insane amount of, like, people who do – who just don't do anything. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: And did you feel boredom? I haven't felt boredom – I can't even remember last time I felt
1: bored. I think I have more work to do now that we're in quarantine. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, because you're also a teacher, a full-time, you know, babysitter. I know it's your own kids, a parent, you know. But – Still it's it, it's it's draining. That's what Courtney yeah. and I were saying the other day. My wife, she we're just sitting around being like so busy. And yeah. when the kids say they're bored, I just want to like <laughs>
1: smack them. <laughs> Shut up. You're not. Well, bored. it's good for them to be bored because if you get to a certain level of boredom, you will not want to be there anymore. Yeah. And then you will do something.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll say you, maybe you're not bored enough.
1: Yeah, you, know, like, you gotta get more like, I'm bored. hungry,
0: and it's like, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know. It's like, well, then you must not be fucking hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because I know what I want, and it's
1: typically sushi. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, that's the thing I
0: most miss the most, Mary. Sushi, uh, oh.
1: dude, mac and cheese. I had to go plant based, man. That mac and cheese is killing
0: me. You weren't allowed to have mac and cheese,
1: I well. I'm supposed to be plant-based now. It is apparently good for MS. Oh. So, are so you yes, plant-based? I am as best. I am as plant-based as I can. I think I'm doing like an 80-20 rule.
0: Jeez, that's tough. Where have you had those plant-based in. burgers?
1: Well, I have. I'm actually trying <laughs> I'm going further than that. It's even worse than veganism. It's like no processed food is what I'm trying nice. for. Oh that's what God. I'm striving for. It is
0: shredded by, by next year. Like that's so hard. You maybe. can literally eat we'll nothing. see.
1: <laughs> or it's I'll just stop paleo. eating because I'm like, I'm sick of, like, I'm sick of making stuff. I just won't eat anything. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I don't want to cook. That's I know. fine. Well, I haven't been able to taste since I had coronavirus, so that'll stop you from eating. But yet I oh, still feel true. like I'm, like, ballooning up during this uh, quarantine. Um, oh, yeah. Nobody's moving. Um, the, what is, the, this is my last question, but what is the thing you are most excited about for future Merry Winter?
1: Oh, the thing I'm most excited about? I'm excited to see. How this pandemic will affect work in general for everyone across the board. I think at ECG, we've been very good about, we know that a lot of our work can be done remotely. And if we can, we we do and we take it a, you know, we take it from home and we do that. I mean, most of us have the ability to do a lot of our work from home, but a lot of places that really thought that they absolutely couldn't do that are now seeing that maybe they could. And I think a lot of that's going to have to do with video. And I'm really interested to see how that changes things and how it changes social media in general, because everybody's on and everybody's doing this thing and they're all collectively bored. And I want to see what they make.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to see what's going to happen, too. I think that's going to be a major. It's an inf- We're at an inflection point. Something's got to give. Oh, yeah. And now things are going to change. I'm I'm excited to see how, you know, work from home moves out and teleworking. I mean, I think people are, are, are getting used to it. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be more broadly accepted. I think businesses are going to shut down physical, like corporate locations where people are just sitting mm-hmm. in cubicles because you're just yeah. wasting
1: money, effort, yeah. and time. Um, and not know. only that, but in order to do that and in order to support that, there's got to be some sort of websites and, and video that come about to make that happen and to maintain that change. So I'm really excited to see how people change that.
0: Yeah, it'll be cool. Because
1: not everybody's going to be using zoom, right? Nope. In the next 10 years, they're going to be doing something different. I want to know what that different thing
0: is. Oh, I know. So do I, so I can invent it. (laughs) 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 I keep thinking like, what is the next Facebook, Google, Amazon, like it's coming, but we don't know what it is. I hope it's not TikTok. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, you don't like TikTok? No, because you're not it doing feels the dances creepy. and stuff. Whenever you go on TikTok, <laughs> it's just fourteen-year-old girls
1: dancing. It's, it's so- not just fourteen-year-old girls, but yeah, it does feel creepy. I actually oh, follow so like creepy. the majority of the it. people I follow are like forty and fifty, but every now and then you'll scroll, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm I'm feeling this, and then I'll get like a thirteen-year-old kid, and I'm like.
0: Yeah, it's super weird. (laughs) It just makes me feel like I I should not be on TikTok. I'm like, I have have nothing. I don't want to do these dances, right? I'm not going to learn a dance that everybody else is doing. I'll freestyle dance all over their asses, but I'm not going to learn their stupid dances. I refuse to get off my lawn. (laughs) Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We love having you on the staff. You're such a critical part of what we do. And I'm just forever grateful uh, to have you on the team. So thank you for all your hard work. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Mary, if people want to follow you on Instagram, what's your IG handle? And then what's your ECG email address?
1: My IG handle is we Mrs. Winter and that's W E E M R S. -S 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 W-I-N-T-E-R. And then my ECG email address is m-a-r-y at ecgprod.com
0: Well, thank you, Mary. On behalf of ECG Productions and the Naked Unicorn Broadcast Podcast Broadcast? <laughs> um, let's shut <laughs> that On behalf of ECG Productions and Naked Unicorn Podcast, I'm Jason Sirotin and we'll see you next time.